about some excitement for 2016? Well, it's almost 2016, and I'm feeling both excited and a bit nostalgic. Welcome to the Savings Angel Show. I'm Josh Ellis, Chief Executive Angel at SavingsAngel.com. Every new year, we take some time to reflect on what we did right in the previous 12 months and what we want to improve on for the next 12. Now, deciding to make a change for the better is really all New Year's resolutions are, except for two key things, being intentional to see those changes through and getting help when you need it. That's why I'm here. As an abundance teaching consumer expert, syndicated newspaper columnist, and TV and radio personality for nearly nine years, I know that one of the top, if not the top resolution every year is about finances. How can I get me some more money? Now, I also know that without guidance and encouragement to make better financial decisions in 2016, most of those resolutions will fail by February. That's why I'm going to give you a little bit of help every week. Throughout the new year, I'm going to give you the life hacks that will save you more money, earn you more money, and help you live more abundantly. Now, to get our minds focused on positive changes in 2016, in this podcast today, we're going to talk about how to make New Year's resolutions that stick. We're going to talk about the bad habits of broke people, and we're going to talk about the good habits of millionaires. I'll also share some of my thoughts on 2015 and what you can look forward to from me in 2016. I love saving money. I love inspiring people to live more abundantly, create more money in their lives. I love doing this podcast and I love delivering value to you. So bring on the countdown to midnight. Let's go. So with the new year looming, people are looking at what they did in 2015. And, and most of us, we well, we hopefully, we want to make changes, right? We, I believe in constant and never-ending improvement. And hopefully you do too. Now, I, I trust that if you're listening to a program like this, then I'm in good company because I, I believe in those things and, and I trust that you do too. And I'm big on self-reflection as well. And I'm definitely all for resolutions, but only for ones that actually happen. For example, if you rashly vow to lose 20 pounds by next month, or you vow not to spend any money all year on gifts because you overdid it over the holidays, look, those are never going to happen. Those vows are completely unrealistic. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. So what's the point, right? So in my opinion, making unrealistic New Year's resolutions, it's one of the biggest reasons people fail to keep them. And in fact, some people purposely make their resolutions crazy because they really have no intention of making any actual changes. So that way, when they fail, and they will, they don't really fail because the resolution vow was, it was outrageous to begin with. And they're like, bah, please, I, I wasn't really serious about it. So instead of making unrealistic resolutions and pretending that you're serious about change, how about making some ones that are actually attainable? using tools and tricks for keeping them and making some solid progress in your life in 2016. Now, if you're with me, I have three keys to making New Year's resolutions that stick. Does this sound good? I mean, this sounds like a good idea, right? 
I, let's do, let's actually create awesomeness in our lives. So here we go. Key number one, if you're taking notes, you want to write this down, break it into manageable pieces and steps. When you don't break down a large goal, it's a recipe for failure. You become frozen and indecisive. It's too big. You don't know where to begin or what to do next. So you try a few things haphazardly, you get overwhelmed, and then eventually you abandon the resolution altogether. Guys, I'm, t- I'm telling you, this is like what like 80% of people do. And so we can't look at this and say, oh, well, that's just what other people do. No, look, this is what everybody does. So instead, what I want you to do is I want you to take your overall goal and brainstorm ways to work toward it. You may even want to set several milestone goals for you along the journey. Then organize your ideas in an order that makes sense. So for example, let's say your goal is to lose 20 pounds, okay, and get into shape. So don't go out and try to run five miles if you're not used to that. That's crazy. You're going to do it once and you're never going to do it again because every time you think about running that five miles, you will have known, uh, you'll remember like how painful that was. So rather, I want you to begin by walking at a comfortable pace and just go around the block. And here's what's going to happen, all right? Take it from someone who has run. Look, I've gone from being an obese man to running two marathons. I know something about this. Your body is amazing in its ability to uh, do great things, and it will adapt, and your stamina will grow. And so what will happen is that just increase your distance, effort, and speed gradually, and you are going to experience some amazing things, all right? For me, like one of my big early goals in running was to be able to run to the back gate of our um, subdivision area and back, and that's four and a half miles. And at the time, that was a really, really big goal, right? So again, I had gone from having little bit, I don't know if it was a high blood pressure, but definitely high blood sugar and some high cholesterol and, and definitely living, um, you know, as a, kind of an obese lifestyle. And, you know, to go and then start um, running, you know, it again, it took me some time to do it. And that's okay. If it takes you six months to be able to run a mile without stopping, you know what? That is incredible, and I would be proud of you if you accomplished something like that and you built toward uh, you built toward that, and you should be wildly proud of yourself for doing something like that. Here's key number two. You ready? Don't try to go it alone. Sometimes we're a little too independent when it comes to making changes in ourselves and in our lives. Maybe it's because we're embarrassed, or it feels awkward asking for help, or We're stubbornly determined that we have to go it ourselves. Whatever the reason, the result is still the same. Failure. If you can't tell at least one other person of your goal, statistically, you're going to fail. Guaranteed. Now, you might do okay for a while based on sheer willpower and the desire to prove me wrong 
Okay, but you're eventually going to run out of spit and vinegar, and you're going to need someone else to encourage you, or you're going to need someone to be accountable to. And that's okay. I want you to abandon the tendency to be completely self-sufficient and get someone in on your goal with you. An accountability partner. Maybe you want to use a system like MyFitnessPal. Maybe, you know, if we're talking about um, fitness. Now, in terms of finances, I'm going to hook you up uh, beginning in January. We're going to talk about moving ahead and giving you very specific tools and resources that are going to help you to live more financially abundant than ever. So stay tuned for that. Now, whether you share a common goal with whoever's helping hold you accountable or your goals differ, it really doesn't matter that much. Now, of course, it can be easier to work together toward the same goal, but the accountability is what matters most. When you choose someone, choose specifically for your own success. It may not work for you to choose your spouse or best friend, even though they may be the easy choice. It has to be someone that will provide the motivation you need. I want you to avoid choosing someone that's either too easy on you or even too hard on you. I want someone... No, you don't want someone that isn't very supportive and or someone that struggles with the same issues that you're trying to over, overcome because they're probably going to buy your excuses and you will end up buying their excuses. So you also don't want someone committed who isn't committed to making any positive changes themselves, obviously. So any of those choices won't work and you'll fail. You need someone who is going to hold you in your greatness and who isn't going to take your excuses. And so for me, let me just share with you what what my belief is on excuses. Now, there are a lot of things that come up in life. And I'm telling you that if you have a goal of losing weight, and again, I'm speaking as someone who has done this before, you're going to have lots of reasons for changing up your diet program because it's not working, right? Or, you know, life gets hard, you get stressed, you get busy. Just plan for it. It's going to happen. So you need to be able to hold to your commitment in spite of the inevitable challenges. So what are you going to do when you come home from work and you are stressed out of your mind and your kids have really pushed you to your limit and you're worried about this and that and the other thing? Maybe you're having some relationship issues. I mean, all these things piling up. How are you still going to avoid the temptation? You have to make that decision now. That's, you know, you know, you talk about like people um, like I think I've heard the example like train conductors and uh, and pilots, how often that they will train and prepare for emergency circumstances and they will create muscle memory so that when something goes wrong, they immediately snap into knowing exactly what to do so that they will save the day. That's what I want you to do. Here's key number three. Set a realistic time frame and give yourself room to breathe. All too often, New Year's resolutions are set out of frustration or disappointment with your prior year. So the desire to see changes quickly can be very strong, but without the appropriate amount of time to achieve 
and the room to breathe and become the embodiment of this goal met, vows will fail. Statistically speaking, take, for example, wanting to get out of debt. Expecting to pay off thousands of dollars within just a few months, it's just not realistic. So instead of setting yourself up for discouragement, I don't want you to be discouraged because discouragement is what will knock you out of the game. I want you to honestly calculate how long it's going to take. And it might not be ideal, but by having the proper time frame in mind, you'll be less likely to abandon the goal. Plus, you'll be able to breathe and make it through any unforeseen setbacks. Here's one last tip. As you work on your New Year's resolutions over the coming months, I want you to acknowledge and celebrate victories, no matter how small. Steady progress will eventually get you to your goal. Don't overlook opportunities to be encouraged on your journey. And I want to close with sharing what I believe to be my definition of commitment is. Commitment, first off, commitment is what it's going to take in order for you to make this happen, for you to get out of debt, for you to start saving more, investing in your future, whatever that is, right? Or, you know, it's you know living more healthy or experiencing a better relationship with your spouse or loved one, right? Commitment is doing the thing you said you would do long after the spirit in which you said it has passed. So when you make a commitment generally, that's about the most motivated you're ever going to be. But commitment is you remembering that and saying, look, in terms of excuses, there really is only one excuse for me. I just didn't want it bad enough. So a lot of times we have to get leverage on ourselves. And leverage means that, you know, for example, let's say you want to lose weight, but it's not really that big of a deal for you. In your mind, you need to write it out on paper. What are the consequences of not taking action? And I want you to get really clear on that because it's those consequences, the fear of the stick, I I think that motivates most of us, or it could be the reward. So if you have in your mind what you consider to be a great body or a great financial situation, what are the benefits that you get out of that? What is your life going to be like when you have achieved that? And I want you to get really, really, really clear on the two sides of what I've just shared, the consequences of not doing it, And the joy and pleasure and all of the benefits that come from achieving that goal, truly succeeding at it and staying committed for a long period of time, even if it means six months, 12 months, whatever it is. But I want you to know that I'm here with you and I want you to succeed. I believe you can. Other people are doing it. And if they can succeed, you can succeed. 
because there's no difference between them and you. When I originally lost my weight a number of years ago, I was watching The Biggest Loser, and I thought, that's great. Well, you know, these guys can lose a lot of weight. I can lose a lot of weight. It's not rocket science, right? It's, it's mainly just creating a calorie deficit over time and, you know, eating healthier foods and treating your body right. And, you know, and, and exercise certainly doesn't hurt. It's only going to help. So I did all those things. And the weight came off. And then as I was watching The Biggest Loser, I think this was season seven, and this is the first time that they ever did this, if I'm not mistaken. At, toward the end of the season, they announced, okay, you guys are going to run a marathon. And I thought, what audacity that these guys who were much heavier than me, much heavier than I was, they were now going to put themselves in a position where they could run a marathon? I, I never had thought that that would be something that I would do. But in my mind, I thought, you know what? What's the difference between them and me. There is no difference. If other people can create their ideal body or their ideal financial situation or get an amazing promotion at work and or business, uh, creating lots of abundance in their lives, uh, having the perfect relationships in their lives, if they can do it, you can do it. And if you apply what I taught just now, you will. And creating all of these things in our lives. That, my friends, is part of living abundant. So now that you know the keys to make your financial New Year's resolution stick, let's chat about one of the most common resolutions every year. Finances. Just like there are keys to successful change, there is a main key to changing your finances. That key is to not imitate the bad habits of broke people, but to imitate the smart habits of wealthy people. So to help put this in perspective, we'll compare the bad habits of broke lottery winners who should have been set for life. And in the case of many, even their children, should have been set for life, to the wise habits. We're going to compare them to the wise habits of millionaires. Broke people have loser habits. Okay, And I'm speaking metaphorically. Please don't think I'm talking about any one particular person in general. I'm just speaking broke philosophies, right? Those are, those are loser philosophies in terms of direction, okay? And millionaires, again, I'm not speaking of anyone in particular, but I'm speaking of millionaires in the sense that they have lots of abundance in their lives. So please don't think that I'm saying this in judgment of any way, okay? But generally, people who are living very abundantly have winner habits. I want you to have winner habits. That's what we cover on this podcast. Now, due to extensive media coverage of lotto winners, you may already know that more often than not, recipients of large windfalls are broke again within a matter of years. Along with others, you may be thinking, how could they let that happen? I would never do that. If I won, I'd be smart with it. Well, I hope you would be smart with any sudden wealth. No matter the source, I want to shake you up a bit. There is a financial truth that money 
only makes you more of what you already are. You see, you may never get a huge amount of money all at once. You might, but you might not. Right? The average household in the United States sees more than $1.5 to $2 million pass through their hands in a lifetime. What are you doing now with what you've been given? Since it's true that habits you have now are only accelerated by more money, it pays to make good habits and not follow in the foolish footsteps of broke people. See, unlike broke people, millionaires follow strict principles day in, day out, month after month, year after year. They don't expect to get rich quick, but they do plan to get there. And more people than ever are actually getting there. In fact, most millionaires in the United States today are first generation, and they didn't win the lottery or inherit it. Rather, they slowly built wealth by avoiding stupid habits and cultivating wise ones. And by the way, when I say stupid, I say that lovingly. But let me share with you the traits that they have. You ready? I've got six traits. You're going to love this. If you want to be like millionaires who just cultivate abundance, here's trait number one. They don't play the lotto or gamble much at all. Now, I use lottery winnings as an example of sudden wealth, but millionaires don't typically play the lotto or gamble. They know that the house always wins. They believe in math, and they'd rather it be their house that wins. If you regularly gamble at all, you're simply giving your money to another house. That's the truth. That's math. Trait number two, smart millionaires live within their means. They live in modest houses, buy and drive used cars with cash and no payments. They're careful about purchases for necessities. In contradiction to this approach, sudden wealth people run out and spend money like water through their hands. They buy an expensive house, sometimes several. They get brand new cars and buy overpriced goods. What about you? Do you always have credit cards and car payments? Mortgage suffocating you? Too much retail therapy? Do you find yourself falling into the bad habit of spending just because, quote, you deserve a break or you deserve to enjoy after a long week of work? That's not the trait of people who end up having lots of wealth in their lives. So you're going to need to find a, a way to overcome that. Trait number three. They rarely throw expensive parties. When asked, one of the commonalities cited by broke lottery winners is wasting a lot on parties. Conversely, millionaires are careful to not overspend on any party, hunting for reasonable prices on necessities. If you already do this, score one for having a millionaire mindset. But if you find yourself throwing caution to the wind during your favorite sports season and you overspend on the holidays, you overspend on prom season, you overspend on graduations because the kids deserve it, it's time to rein it in. Special events do not mean you spend money that you don't have. This includes vacations. I know it's really fun to live beyond your means, right? Short term, okay? But long term, it's a recipe for disaster. 
Trait number four, wise millionaires take reasonable vacations. As I just mentioned, lavish vacations is another jointly held money waster of broke lottery winners. Careful millionaires, on the other hand, choose their vacation locations and expenses wisely, standing in line for the same bargains as the average spender. Spending too much on vacation doesn't make it any more enjoyable. How are you doing at this expense? Do you research the lowest prices? Do you go during the off season? Do you pay cash so your vacation doesn't allow you, uh, follow you home as new debt? Well, if you will, you can have some amazing vacations if you shop well. Now, if you listen to this program, you'll know that I love talking about getting lots of travel savings. And keep listening because I... I've got some great tips, especially after, I'm guessing about uh, January, late January. I'm going to talk about, for example, how to cruise and do so for a fraction of the cost. And yes, you can have an amazing cruise ship vacation and you can save money. I'll share with you how to do that. My wife and I just did this, in fact, and it was amazing. And again, we got it at at a fraction of the normal cost. Here's trait number five. They're generous in the right ways. It may seem counterintuitive to give away money to become wealthy, but it is a sound principle. The key is to give to right causes in wise moderation. Some previously wealthy people acknowledged their own generosity as their downfall. They gave and gave until they themselves were in need. Countless requests from family, friends, even strangers were too overwhelming. Now, it's good to help others, but never to the point where you're left needing help yourself. Conscientious millionaires carefully consider and investigate requests before giving. They know that just because you can give doesn't automatically mean you should. If you find yourself always bailing out others who never change their approach to life and money, you need to stop. You're only enabling them to continue a cycle of poor choices while causing yourself unjust financial strain. And if you have family or friends that guilt you into helping them because you have means and they don't, stop falling for the flawed logic. Often, people act as though they're entitled to what you worked for, as though it's only fair and it's your duty to give to them. But I want you to ask yourself this question. Is it really only fair? Is it really your duty? What's their duty on empowering and improving their situation? What's fair for them to do? Now, if you can't answer satisfactorily that question, stop giving to them. And don't fall for the lie that they can't do anything to make things better. There's always something that they can do. And it usually involves changing spending habits to stretch what they do have more efficiently. I totally get, I'm trying not to be heartless here, okay? I totally get that people have bad circumstances and bad things happen to very good people. And I'm not saying that what I just shared with you should be the path that you always take. But I believe that that abundance that you're blessed with You're responsible to be a steward over. And that doesn't mean that you just give it all away. But I think that you should take that, create more, and create 
a lot of good in the world. How can you create the biggest good in the world? And and that's maybe a, a good guiding force for, uh, or a, a, you know, kind of a guiding philosophy for how you should decide where that money goes to. So one more trait on what millionaires do right. Number six, they had and still have a plan. Millionaires didn't become so by accident. They made and executed a plan over time. Every dollar had and still has a purpose. Sudden millionaires rarely have a plan and sadly didn't stop and make one after the windfall. Money is currency and it will flow away from you without a plan, right? In in some ways, it's just kind of I don't know, it's kind of like an energy, right? And money tends to attract itself to people who will take very, very good care of it. I don't know, this might seem a little esoteric, but it just seems like that's what I've experienced in my life. Because in my adult life, I've been very broke. And in my adult life, there have been times when I've, my dear wife and I have had, you know, quite an excess of abundance, We've been in both positions, and then we've spent a lot of time in between, <laughs> you know, like like anybody, especially like a lot of other business owners. And I just see that when I do things like, you know, I give mindfully, and, you know, I, I tithe, and I just take very, very honorably the gift of, of having more than I need, I, I feel like I, I just tend to see more good stuff happen in my life. And I want more good stuff to happen for you financially in your life. So is it time that you made and executed a smart financial plan? Make sure you've subscribed to this podcast because I promise you over the next several months, I'm going to give you some incredibly specific plans on how you can do that. In fact, one thing you can do right now is something small, but it's actually a pretty big deal. If you are not actively spending or or saving money at the grocery store by orders of hundreds of dollars or more, right? Let's say you have a family of five. If you're spending more than $500 a month at the grocery store, you are way, 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 way spending too much. And this includes stores like Walmart, right? All your consumables, I I just did a free one-hour video. It's so powerful. And if you want to see my face and, you know, know, myself in front of the camera as I teach this, go to Savings Angel right now. And I want you to watch this webinar that I did. It's a video. You don't have to sign in. You don't have to give me your email address. Nothing like that. You just click start watching it right now. But I'm going to teach you how to cut your grocery bill in half, taking an $800 a month grocery bill down to $400 a month. You can watch it right now, absolutely free. You go to savingsangel.com. And then you click on, scroll down to the bottom, and you'll either see an image for it, or I think if you do a search for the word webinar, you might find it, or just click on blog or whatever, and and you can go through, you'll find it, right? If you can't find it, just zip me a message. Reach out to me on our Facebook group. That's at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash savings angel. You can can join our group there. Let me know if you can't find it, but I, I think you should be able to find it. But now look, if you want some help putting new smart financial habits in place and be able to coupon like a millionaire, 
I invite you to check out what we've offered for nearly nine years at savingsangel.com. We have a lot of free help and membership-based stuff too. In the free section, you can find the post for this podcast where I'll have the links to the articles I mentioned. And in fact, if you ever need to find anything you heard me talk about, whether it's on podcast, on TV, in my syndicated newspaper column, just use the handy search in the upper right-hand portion of any Savings Angel page. Click the little magnifying glass to bring up the search box and input a keyword. It's that easy. And of course, it's absolutely free. Now to gain the needed access to all the free stuff, like up-to-date top deals, freebies, coupons, you need to log, get a login and a password. Just simply go to savingsangel.com, sign up right on the front page, get a password, and you're good to go. Like I said, it's completely free to see the articles, top deals, life hacks, freebies, our big coupon database has over 5,000 coupons in it, and savings tips. I've got lots of videos for you that are free as well. And after you've checked out all the valuable free stuff, you might be serious enough about your financial New Year's resolutions to want more. So this week, please be my guest to the full site for the best offer that we've ever done for our full enlightened shopping access plus access to our 90 Days to Abundance on-demand video library. It's got over 80 videos that will go through every area of your budget and tell you all the la- all the life hacks on how you can do that stuff better. I mean, we really did a lot of research on the stuff that works behaviorally and also is the stuff that you really need to worry about and the stuff you really don't need to worry about, yet you hear about it all the time. I'm going to make this work for you and make it a lot easier. Abundance is easy if you make the right choices. So in Enlightened Shopping, You can view store lists, the matched coupons, and even make a personalized shopping list. You can set alerts for the things you want. If you need diapers at 50% off or better, just let us know. Set an alert, and we'll zip you an email anytime we find diapers at 50% off or better, tell you exactly where to find them, tell you exactly what coupons you need, and it's all part of your Enlightened Shopping membership, okay? And again, that's all just $3.99 a week. Uh, in 90 Days to Abundance, you can view videos at your leisure. You can learn how to save on vacations, cut your utility bills, and more. So if you start into this deal, your lower price will remain in effect for the length of your membership, no matter what the prices may go up to in 2016. And at $3.99 a week, at $15.96 every four weeks, you're going to get the value and couponing help you need month after month so your New Year's resolution isn't DOA, dead on arrival, by February. We're going to make this happen with you. So 2015, it's been amazing, right? And 2016 is gearing up to be even more so. So over this year, we saw an increase in the ease of using coupons with improvements to digital coupons and incentive programs. Couponing is getting easier. Saving money at the grocery store is has never been so easy. So Myers M Perks really got awesome. Walgreens points program, balance rewards, that all got really easy. I expect this trend to continue with more and more coupons going digital and even a possible increase in the number of sources of digital coupons. More ways to save 
always get me geeked. I'm a proud savings nerd. And speaking of geeked and proud, I'm really looking forward to 2016 because I've got some new things in the work for you. Now, one of them that we actually started a couple weeks ago and have a great lineup in store for 2016, and that's our VIP member live webinars. Now, I've reached out to some friends of mine who are mommy bloggers who you probably already know and love. And together, we're hosting live free webinars for Savings Angel VIP members to answer your questions about various topics like dinners for less than $5, saving on couponing, and just plain living abundantly. You won't want to miss them. So if you're not already a Savings Angel VIP member, as I talked about earlier, consider joining in the new year. Join right now so you can be a part of these events. And the second new thing for 2016 are videos that are going to be a lot of super fun and super entertaining on YouTube. Not boring, dry ones. I'm going to be taking some of my best information and most common questions and creating fun YouTube-style videos that are both funny, informative, and they're going to teach you about a wide variety of topics. In fact, we're going to have one about New Year's resolution. So watch for more information on those really soon Go to youtube.com forward slash savings angel. Subscribe now so you don't miss our very first video that's going to launch in January. And I look forward to continuing to help you and thousands of other families save more, earn more, and live more abundantly in 2016. Well, that's all for this final show of 2015. Before I go for this show, I want to encourage you one more time to take your New Year's resolution seriously for 2016. Whether you want to lose some weight, get in shape, handle your finances differently, get out of debt, you know, whatever, handle, you know, improve your relationships, you could totally do it. Remember, the two main keys are being intentional and having accountability. And all of us here at Savings Angel want to be there for you as you make these strides. You could totally do this. Now, if you have any questions, if you'd like some more resource ideas, you just need encouragement, I'm here for you. Our whole team at Savings Angel is here for you. We've got more than 20 people that are a part of our Savings Angel operation. We will all help you. But go ahead and drop me a comment in the podcast feedback. Write me on my Facebook page. Call my podcast hotline, 407 205 9250 and leave me a message. I'll answer your question, write you back, or with your permission, I might even share your question or story with others so they can learn and be inspired in this new year. So no matter how we connect, let's work together. Let's achieve our goals for 2016 because working together and achieving is definitely a huge part of living abundantly. Let's do it. To be dancing on the ceiling